everybody. Welcome to this week's bonus episode where we attempt to forget all the terrible things that happened in the main episode. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Come join us. Dive into the well of denial with us. The water's just fine, I promise you. So I'm going to start out by teaching y'all about Micah, whom hmm. we met in the first chapter that we read today. Mm, now, right, right. A little bit hard to look up stuff on Micah because there is a whole book of Micah, not the oh. same Mike, not the same Micah though. Oh, right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's a common name that comes up in the Bible. There is a whole other prophet named Micah uh, who has a whole other story. This is a different, more minor character Micah. However, mm-hmm. he does have some interesting stories attached to him, specifically hmm. in rabbinical literature. So stuff that's not quite in the Torah, not in the Bible, but like stuff that's been written by rabbis over the years. Um, right. Fun. Yeah, so there's a story that comes out. Uh, some ancient rabbis gave his name the meaning of the crushed one. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Okay. Which is not supported by modern linguists, according uh, okay. to some okay. sources. Uh, but in reference to a narrative that has to go all the way back to the story of Moses, actually. you know, And if you remember from the story of Moses, at one point, one of the punishments that Pharaoh gave to the Israelites was that they had to make bricks without straw. And so in this particular story, the Israelites also put their children to work trying to make bricks without straw. And Moses specifically rescued a child who was being crushed by bricks. And then that was Micah, oh. uh, supposedly. Yeah, so so something that's interesting about a couple of these stories about Micah is that that supposedly like rabbinical literature literature supports that this Micah like came with the original Exodus. But the timeline of that doesn't seem to work. It definitely doesn't. And yet, here we are. Um it's interesting because, like, I, I don't want to jump ahead if you still have more to talk about. But I, uh, I have more. Yes, I, I when I was more. looking up Jonathan, I ran into similar problems with his lineage being like, but oh, the timing doesn't quite work out based on his age and things like that. So unless it's a weird thing where they're referring to Micah, even though it's like actually the twentieth great grandchild of Micah, but we're yeah. still referring to him as so and so from the house of Micah, and all gets kind of confusing. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, yeah. have no idea. Totally possible. Now, the interesting thing here, this other story about Micah is he's often um, related to the story of the golden calf, which oh. is interesting that in this story, he's also responsible for making a graven image. And um, right. in some versions of the golden calf story, Micah is, um, he's just like integral to that story where he's, uh, instead of Aaron being the one who made the calf, it's Micah, actually, who's responsible for making the calf. Um, huh. And the interesting part also is that with both of these stories, both the golden calf story and this story where Micah has made this image and hired this priest and stuff like that, that in the texts, he's not treated as a totally negative figure or a totally oh, really? guy. Yeah. And in fact, in some of the rabbinical literature, he's even just praised for his hospitality that wow. like, uh, right. the, the badness of making an idol is balanced out by the fact that he's so hospitable to everybody. Um, <laughs> well, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then adding to that also like the supposition that his mother is Delilah. Um, so all this is just, you know, speculation yeah, is stuff it? that's come up over the years. Well, there's no way to prove that, right? Like uh, this is yeah, just stuff that's yeah. come up in people's writings and people's interpretations of yeah. the text and these stories. Um, wow. so no way to really know for sure, but that's everything that I found out about Micah. I feel like that must mean that somebody else wrote this story versus the Samson story because they didn't like just go on and be like, and Delilah's son 
Micah. Right. You know? I wonder, yeah, or if it has something to do with um, the the way that these stories had been passed down orally before they got written down, that maybe that wasn't as clear, or these were... But probably they were combined from like two different written down stories that then eventually were combined mm. like this into one book. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. So like I was saying, I had a similar problem in looking up Jonathan. Oh. Very similar, actually, in the fact that there's another character named Jonathan who's the son of King David, I think. Um, so and And is a more significant character than this one, I guess. I think Jonathan is like best friendos with King David. Is that right? what it was? I, I forget. Yeah. I forget. Yeah. yeah. He's, Y'all he's, he's, keep alluding to this King David and I haven't gotten there yet. So he's a yeah. big character. So you'll okay. we'll spend plenty of time with King David eventually. Okay. So, okay. So this idea that Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Moses, what's interesting about this is first of all, in some translations, he is said to be Jonathan, son of Gershom, son of Manasseh. And there's a little bit of a conspiracy theory here, which is interesting. And I've found some, some articles kind of making different claims about this. So, okay, here's the one that got me started down this rabbit hole. And that's saying that um, the spelling of the name in Hebrew is Moses and that that's what was written originally. Mm-hmm. And that the difference between Moses and Manasseh is one little character, like one little letter. Huh. And the theory is that this, that in the original manuscripts, this extra character that makes it Manasseh was kind of written above the line, implying that it was inserted after the fact. Huh, interesting. Thus supporting the idea that Hebrew scribes were upset at the idea that Moses would be related to this guy. And so they yeah. added an extra letter to make it be Manasseh. So that's like the conspiracy theory that got me started. <laughs> What's interesting, yeah, though... Yeah, that's definitely a conspiracy theory. How fascinating. Yeah. yeah. But then in some other reading, like specifically looking at, um, you know, articles by Hebrew scholars and things like that, a lot of them kind of talk about it as if that difference is insignificant, that it's like, yeah, either way, he's part of Moses's lineage. And like, that's not a big deal. Like, yeah, yeah, we got that. And that instead, the problem with that lineage being his age, which is what I was saying, right? So if, if he were, then this guy who's described as a young man, according to one of the articles I read, said he would have to be at least 150 years old to be only two generations down from Moses. Which means then Micah, if he's also that Micah who was a baby when Moses mm-hmm. rescued him from the wall, that's right. He would be even older than that. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I'm kind of more on the on the side of like it's probably like Dedeker was saying, where it's like we use, you know, we use this guy's Dan, even though really he's some ancestor of Dan, uh, but it still means he probably comes from that family. Okay. So then. So then the other interesting thing here, and this actually ties into that story about uh, Micah being, if he was this baby who was rescued out of the wall, and that's, for those of you listening and are confused, that's not a story we read in the Bible. You know, this is a story that comes from, uh, like Dedeker was saying, like the rabbinic literature. Mm -hmm. Um, But I read one, one person's writing who was kind of making the case that when... 
when the Egyptians were doing that, were taking the Hebrew babies and putting them in the wall, that Moses complained to God and that God said something to the effect of the Egyptians are just getting rid of future sinners. And that then Moses goes against God's will and takes a baby out of the wall, who then grows up to be Micah, who makes an idol and is a bad boy. I don't yeah. know. I don't know, you know, how um, popular this sort of opinion is, but it was interesting just that there's a lot of like conspiracy theory about this whole thing and his lineage for someone who's really quite a minor character when you think about it. Huh. That's yeah, true. Definitely. Yeah. Well, he does kind yeah. of show up out of nowhere. I guess because everyone was just so upset by this story that they're like, probably we've got to find some meaning here somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, finally, just to kind of cleanse everyone's palate and talk about something super fun. Um, I'm currently on the show, The Wild Party, which has a lot of biblical references in the show. It's um, written by, let's see, Andrew Lippa, and he wrote it after like looking at and being really interested in this 1929 uh, poem of the same name called The Wild Party. And it's basically just all of these hooligans who are having this crazy party down in New York, like, you know, on the Upper West Side or something. And they uh, have this point in the musical where they have like a little mini scene from a show that is being written about the Bible. It's the show is based on the Bible, a which show within a show. Correct. Yeah, okay. they have like okay. and and two of the you know the two leads of the Wild Party are also going to be the leads of this show called Good Heavens, which is very funny. Okay. Um. Yeah. So that's like the little show within the show, and then they sing this song called A Wild Wild Party, which is basically basically like a mashup of three different stories from the Bible. Um. The huh. first one is Adam and Eve. The second one, let's see, is Sodom and Gomorrah. And the third one is like Moses and the parting of the Red Sea. So they have all of those. So now, this, is the sec- this is the second time that you've been in this show. Yes. Right. And I think you were mentioning that like the first time you were in the show, you had zero reference points for any of this stuff. Totally. <laughs> it was like back in August of 2016. And I really had no idea what the heck we were talking about here. That was, yeah, right after Dedeker. I think I was in the show after you and I went to... Um, where was it? Bulgaria to do our oh, yeah. Yeah, yoga yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then I came back and like put the show on, which was real fun. But yeah, now I am back and doing it again in a different role. And with that, uh, I definitely have a lot, a lot more like context and understanding for this song. Could so you, could you like yes. read us just the lines that, cause it, those, those stories just kind of get mentioned briefly in it, right? Yeah. Well, could the you first read us one, what those lines are. Sure. So the first one for the Adam and Eve story is God has said, don't eat that apple child. It's bad forbidden fruit. And he says, God has said, don't break my laws or give me cause to use my boot. Don't go that route. (laughs) Um, And and then, yeah, Eve says, I misunderstood him or maybe I forgot because after just one bite, ooh, what a night. Cool paradise turned hot. (laughs) And then, yeah, they talk about having like a wild party. Um, and then, yeah, Adam comes in and says, we were driving at fast and funky. We were driving or dancing and running free. We were having a wild, wild party all because of that tree, meaning the tree that held the apple, I think. Yeah. And then the next chapter is Sodom and Gomorrah. 
So it says, Sodom and Gomorrah, that seedy, greedy den, God said to Abraham, go find me righteous men. So A.B., meaning Abraham, went <laughs> to find one gent. That's too bad that we never called him that. We never yeah, thought of it. I know. A.B. went to find one gent, who I guess was Lot, and who could guess those folks were less than glad he was sent. So yeah, meaning mm-hmm. like the, the Sodomites, I guess, for when right. the boss came down, which truly, I guess it was just that. Was it? It was just the angel, right? It says, for when the boss came down, they were burning up the town. I so, think they're referring to the brimstone that fell on the town and destroyed it. Yes. The, the boss came down metaphorically. Okay. Burning but up yeah, the town, literally burning it, I think is the Literally burning it. Although they, it does say they were having a wild, wild party and loving it loud and fast. They were having a wild, wild party and hoping the beer would last. So may, Meaning like the sodomites were having that wild party. Um, and then it says until that woman turned to salt, which was Uh, Lot's wife. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, definitely. And then finally we get to Moses, Moses coming down from the mountain. What's that? I hear you say, Holy Moses down from the mountain, been working a 40 day, like 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah. Right. right. Um, your people wandered from the word. Now, how did it begin? And he says, I was so in shock. They made me drop my rock, meaning the 10 commandments, 10 commandments. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which is funny. (laughs) He's like, well, Moa was their sin. He says they were having a wild, wild party. And here they say Baruchata, meaning I don't know. in uh, Yiddish, I guess, or Hebrew Baruchata. I'm not quite sure what it means, but yeah. Yeah. I know that I've definitely said it at like a, a Shabbat. Well, hang on. I'm curious, though, Em, like the first time that you did this. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. How did you make sense of all of this when you had no reference points? I think I just sang it and didn't think about it too (laughs) much. I kind of knew (laughs) I kind of knew about, yeah, Adam and Eve, Sodom and Gomorrah, I'd like vaguely heard of, but I didn't really know the reference for that. And then Moses, like I had no idea what they meant by dropping the rock, but that that was the Ten Commandments. No idea. Um, because yeah, he's like, we were having a wild party and not a soul invited me. And I, that was clearly the party with the, the golden calf. So, yes. right. Yeah. I just, yeah, yeah. I like, I'm so curious about from those little tongue in cheek descriptions, like what, what you thought those stories could be even. And then like, how did that line up with what you actually learned them to be? Cause that's really interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think it really was just very, um, surface level that I knew, yeah, Moses was a guy in the Bible and I know that, um, that yeah, Adam and Eve clearly were, and they were talking about the apple and they like mime the apple being bitten into. And that definitely was a thing that I knew about, but the rest of it, the very like intricate parts, I had no freaking clue. So it's fun to go back and actually really know what the heck is going on here. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And Um, it's a cute, fun song. For sure. Check it out. Uh, Andrew Lippa's The Wild Party is a very, very good musical. It's very well written. Yeah. And I looked him up. He's also the same guy who wrote You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Yes. Which I had no idea. He he wrote, I believe actually he wrote additional songs for You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Oh, I Um, see. Like for the revival. Yeah. It's a much older musical, but he wrote some additional songs for it. And yeah, he's written a few other things too. He's he's a really like, I think this is probably his big like magnum opus this is his big mm. musical but he's written a lot of like fun things out there as well interesting but all of his songs are so freaking high andrew lippa 
Yeah. And I'm a contralto. And I'm really, you know, every time I've gone to see your good man, Charlie Brown, I've always been really frustrated by the the number of Christian references in that show. Oh, well, there's a lot of Christian references in this show, too, <laughs> no, which is very interesting. I was making a joke. I don't think oh. there's any references to the Bible oh, really? in Good Man, oh, Charlie okay. Brown. You would know, no. Jace. I think you've, you've dealt with that show more recently than either of us have. Yeah, I did. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I did help direct a high school production of that show, uh, but I don't remember any Bible references. I don't. I'm pretty so. sure there's zero. Yeah. No. Yeah, but for whatever reason. So and there's a ton in this and and we kind of incorporated in that show like the reverence for the main character and for other parts of the show like we we use a lot of that symbolism so it's kind of fun and now i have a better reference for it yeah nice. were, were you well, just like gather around everyone let me tell you know. how these stories really go oh yeah i, I was <laughs> thinking about it and laughing about it because i i have a couple people um in the cast who listen to our podcast oh, so nice. That was fine. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's great. Yeah, for sure. Well, this is great. I'm not thinking about anything terrible that we Good. read just months ago. So, you know, actually since since we read that, I have had a little time to think about it and I have a different interpretation of the story than we did before, but oh, yeah? I think maybe we'll save that for, okay. for next time to talk yeah, about. Yeah, let's save that. Once let's we see how that. it goes. But it's I I think the new way I've interpreted it is not it's still horrible, but in a different <laughs> way. It's a okay. different, different well, like the different characters are horrible than others. Great. Okay. Well, we can look forward to that next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Yeah.